Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, July 21st, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, today is a very big day in the Tamanini family. Today is my brother Ryan. You know Ryan. You've met Ryan. It's his birthday, and it's his 40th birthday. So he doesn't listen to this podcast often, but he does occasionally check in. So maybe he's listening today. If he does, happy birthday, Ryan. This will be the nicest thing I say to you all day because we have a very uh, teasing relationship, which I think you probably saw when you when you met him in New York last year, right? Oh, yeah. You definitely nag him. But I I mean, literally such a big fan of his family. You kind of, but mainly his daughter. So Yes, same. Same, same, same. So um, happy birthday, Ryan. And... Uh, there's no way for me to transition from him to Patreon, but I will remind you that if you check the show notes, we do have our survey that is going on. We'll probably keep that open for another week. We've gotten some great responses so far. We really appreciate all the feedback that everyone has been given. If you haven't done that yet, check out the show notes, whether it's in Patreon or the regular feed, and you can answer our questions. Those will be very, very helpful for us moving forward. All right, Grace, we are coming to everybody a little bit later in the evening than normal because we had the Broadway opening for what is probably going to be one of the most highly anticipated musicals of the season, if not the most highly anticipated musical of the season, mainly because people have been clamoring for this show for just about a decade. And that is Here Lies Love, which opened on Thursday night at the Broadway Theater, having originally premiered back in 2013 at the Public Theater. It has played all over the world and all over the country. It's had major productions in London and in Seattle, and it is finally getting its chance to play on Broadway. The show, as you probably know by now, features music by David Byrne and Fat Boy Slim, lyrics by Byrne. It was a concept musical created by Byrne. It is directed as it was originally at the Public Theater by Alex Timbers, who also helped uh, develop the project. Annie B. Parson did the choreography. In this production, some of the stars of the show have returned from that original public run. One of them did not. The ones that are returning include Jose Lana, who plays uh, Ferdinand Marcos, and Conrad Ricamora, who plays Dinoy Aquino. They are being joined in this production by Ariel Jacobs, who is playing Amelda Marcos. She replaces the great Ruthie Ann Miles, who did the role off-Broadway. Also in the company right now is Leia Salanga playing uh, Aurora Aquino, who is Conrad Ricamora's uh, character's mother. And there's a whole incredible cast of Filipino actors in this show. The entire cast is Filipino, which I think is really important for this show. We have the reviews. I'm going to run through them. But first, let me give you the official tagline for the show. Here Lies Love is a groundbreaking musical about former Filipina First Lady Imelda Marcos's astonishing rise to power and subsequent fall at the hands of the Philippine People Power Revolution. As of recording time, review aggregator site Did They Like It has collected 12 reviews, seven of them positive, four were mixed, and one was negative. Let's start off with Jesse Green from the New York Times, who was mixed and he started off his review by saying, quote, it's the applause, including my own, I find troubling. Not that there isn't plenty to praise in Here Lies Love, the immersive disco bio musical about Imelda Marcos that opened on Thursday at the Broadway Theater. The infernally catchy songs by David Byrne and Fatboy Slim, performed by a tireless and inspired all-Filipino cast, will have you clapping whether you want to or not. Their chunky beats, abetted by the insistent dance motivators, may even prompt you to bop at your seat if you have one. For here we are at the place where irony and meta-messaging form a theatrical historical knot that can't be picked apart, which is why, as you clap, 
you should probably wonder what for. He then goes on to explain the history of the atrocities created by the, the Marcoses and, and everything that, that went along with that. And then he goes on to say, the confusion of sympathies is just where Byrne and, and director Alex Timbers want us. Avoiding the near hagiography of Avita and yet unwilling to bank a commercial production on a totally hateful character, they aim for a middle ground that doesn't exist, yet mostly hits it anyway. There, Imelda is a victim of poverty and mistreatment, dim despite her cunning and innocent by reason of inanity. When Filipinos finally turn against her during the People Power Revolution of 1986, she is more mystified than crushed. Why don't they love me, she sings. He then goes on and mostly praises the entire cast, although he does say that basically the material, as great and catchy as it is, doesn't support the narrative of why we should be interested and, and care about these people. Then he finishes the review saying, quote, In any case, it's not until the gorgeous last song, God Draws Straight, that the material matches the movement in a way that reaches the balcony. Led by Moses Villarama and based on comments by eyewitnesses to the peaceful 1986 revolution, it acknowledges the moral superiority of its real heroes, the Philippine people, in the only way a musical can, by giving it beautiful voice. Finally, it's okay to applaud. This is something that I've heard a lot of people talk about, Grace, and, and I know you saw it, so we're going to talk about what you thought here in a second. But it's one of those things like, how do you go into a musical that has all of this feel-good music without any feel-good characters? Um, and obviously, there are some at the end, as, as Jesse Green mentioned. But let's move on. Broadway News' Brittany Samuel said, quote, As a frequenter of both Club and, and, and Broadway, it was easy to surrender to hear Lies Love. But that ease feels directly tied to my lack of cultural connection to the musical's complicated history. The production boasts that it can be enjoyed by all. But who decides when populism helps Filipino people, offering greater represent representation to a wider audience, and when it harms them? Adam Feldman of Time Out New York was positive on the show, giving it four out of five stars. He said, quote, Director Alex Timbers and set designer David Corrance have revolutionized and radicalized the capacious Broadway theater into a gleaming dance club, walled by dozens of video screens where audience members, often literally standing in the middle of the action, get swept up in the shifting tides and undertoes of history. He discusses about how he loved the off-Broadway run and was worried about how it would translate to Broadway. He said, quote, the trick, it turns out, was to remake the venue instead of the show. Then we can move on to, let's go with Juan A. Ramirez from Theaterly, who said, quote, it asks us to embody the ambition, mendacity, and ruthlessness we carry with us, even when we think we've danced them off and question our complicity. After the nonstop party, the show's sobering end reminds us that dancing can be as inattentive as it is cathartic. So quite a range of reviews, Grayson. Of course, we will have links to the Did They Like It and Broadway World Review roundups. But you saw the show. Um, so I'm interested in, in what your thoughts and if the historical dissonance uh, between the real story and the music and the vibe of the show uh, hit you and, and, and struck you as discordant as well. It was interesting that I I didn't expect to have that feeling. And yet I did um, in terms of like, being there and being like, okay, so maybe, and maybe art is meant to be kind of its own medium of there's storytelling happening and there's dance. I don't think that those two things met each other um, often. You know what I mean? Like anytime we were asked to kind of like step to the right and then step to the left, I was like, okay. Cause you were in the, you were, you were on the floor and that's a different situation than people who are actually sitting upstairs in the balcony. 
100%. But of course, like everybody's asked to like raise the roof and everything, which is super fun. I'm not like discounting that. You know what I mean? Um, but then, you know, you get you, you're and then you turn around and then they're like, also, this person got murdered and you're like, no, how? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there will be nothing in this life that can compare to Leah Salonga singing directly at me as she comes oh. across a platform that was <laughs> one of the most insanely moving moments ever in the history of any theater. Um, and Conrad Rickamora, I feel can and should do anything and everything. I think he's mm-hmm. so outstanding and I think he's so passionate and strong and his Ninoy is, is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I really can't, I can't shake how, how fantastic he is. I, I truly want to say that, but um, yeah, in terms of like all of those things working together. And again, the innovation, I feel like everyone's spoken to that. So I don't have to like continue to harp totally. on how incredible that is and getting to see the show or getting to see the theater um, afterwards with all the, you know, the lights up and seeing how, how they had to cut into that theater. Um, and David Corrin's work is outstanding. I, I really do love everything he does. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, in terms of the, uh, the, how, how that story gets told with the elements of disco and whatnot. I don't think that they're connected and nor do I really care. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't sure. need that to work. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm, I wasn't sitting there afterwards being like, gosh, it was just so strange. Like, yeah, it is strange. That's the whole point. I think like, I think that Dave Byrne is experimental. Um, and maybe those two things were, I mean, I think the only time that those, the story and the the vibe converged was when uh, Imelda goes to Studio 54. Like, that's the only point in time. Yeah, and that's where the whole musical style, that's where the idea came from, because she spent basically a decade at 54, uh, at, not 54 below, that would be very different. <laughs> um, Patti LuPone singing right at her, no, at, at Studio 54. So, like, that's why there's that disco vibe to the to the score. So it's not completely out of left field. It's just yeah. m- maybe, maybe more out of But that's about three minutes field. of the show. Yes. You know, so you look at the rest of it and it's taking place and there were some beautiful like, you know, Filipino motifs. And I know a lot of people have felt um, very seen by this production, um, which is kind of like the most important thing um, that there is this really exciting, fun, successful and also like deeply traumatic piece um, out there. I know it's gone through many, many years of um, criticism and uh, achievements and, and praise and hate. Um, much like the Marcos family. So I don't really know mm-hmm. another production that really mirrors itself in that in that case. Um, but I think they should all be incredibly proud of themselves. And the work being done in that theater is so exciting. And I'm I'm very grateful and hopeful for what that means for the future. Okay, important question. This is obviously a show that I'm hoping to see when I'm in town in a couple of weeks. I was going to wait until after opening night Get to on request the floor, tickets. Matt. Well, Get that's what I was going to ask. Floor. Like, I'm old. I'm not a club person. Is it better to sit upstairs or is it better to sit on the floor? Because I know they're offering press people either option. option. Yeah. I know. So, and what, I, for and I me. I thought about this too. For you, you should sit, Matt. Okay. You should sit. I'm old is what you're saying. No, I just think that it's it will be fun for you to enjoy other people enjoying it, which I know that you do. Mm-hmm. And you do get to like, be a part of it. You get to see everything that's going on. You get to take it all in. You do dance a little bit, but you aren't, you know, standing and being heard by a cup. I will say it's not a, it's not a fast, I'm sorry. It's not a long show. So I did not feel 
like I was exhausted after like a long day of work going to the theater. I wasn't like, oh, now I have to stand. Like I truly was ready to do that. I went with someone who had just done three hours of Sondheim that day. So like, and and we had the best time. So I don't think that, I think you'd be fine. I think anybody should and could stand if they would like to, but I think you should sit. Humble brag that you're friends with famous people. I get it. It's fine. Totally fine. Uh, anyway. Okay. So let's move on to some other news. We had talked previously earlier this week about the potential for, in addition to the writer strike and the screen actors guild strike, that there could be a strike on Broadway. Fortunately on Thursday, we got word that that seems as of now to have been averted as both the Broadway league and IATSE had announced that they have reached a tentative agreement on the pink contracts. If you don't know what the pink contracts are, Ashley and I talked quite a bit about it yesterday. The agreement still needs to be ratified by IATSE members. So we don't actually know what is in there. IATSE and the Broadway League are both going to be distributing the details of the agreement to their members in the coming days. The ratification process will take probably about two weeks for all of the members to have the opportunity to vote. But as of now, we have the good news that we don't have to anticipate a strike on Broadway, at least from this labor dispute. Who knows what else could happen in the future? All right. It's very rare when a new Broadway show gets announced and it's the third story that we cover, Grace. But on Thursday, we got the news that a new musical that I have heard just absolutely phenomenal things about is coming to Broadway this fall. It is a new musical called How to Dance in Ohio, and it is actually based on a 2015 documentary of the same name by Alexandra Shiva that follows primarily three young women who are getting ready to go to a prom in Columbus, Ohio, my hometown, and they are on the autism spectrum. And they have turned this into a musical that had its world premiere at Syracuse stage, uh, I believe at the end of last year. And it actually had to shut down early because of some COVID diagnoses in the cast and crew. But the reviews for that were phenomenal. The book and lyrics are by Rebecca Grimalosic and the music is by Jacob Yandora. It is choreographed by Mehdi Natalio and directed by Sammy Knold. This will be Sammy Knold's Broadway debut as a director, although we've been talking about her here for years. The show is going to be coming to the Belasco Theater. It will start performances on November 15th with an opening night on December 10th. What is so interesting about this show, Grace, and something that I think we can all praise uh, about the casting and the representation here, especially being Disability Pride Month, if you heard my special episode that came out on Wednesday, um, is that while this show not only talks about autistic young adults and and focuses on telling that story. It also features a cast of seven autistic actors who are all making their Broadway debuts, which is truly incredible. Um, it also features a number of Broadway veterans, Haven Burton, uh, Darlicia Searcy, and others. So if you want to see the entire cast, we will have that in the show notes. But as somebody who is uh, an Ohio native, a Columbus, Ohio native, I am kind of reveling in the fact that we had two shows set on Ohio State's campus last year on Broadway. And now we have another one that I'm not exactly sure where this is set, but it is in the same town as Ohio State. So I'm feeling very good about the Ohio representation on Broadway right now, Grace. And not to mention the fact that, of course, Tony winner Bonnie Milligan is an Ohio State grad as well. You love Ohio, Matt. I do. I do. It's just too cold for me anymore. 
I love the artwork for the show. Um, uh, as soon as they announced, I really enjoyed their branding and marketing for this. I've just noticed it. Uh, I think it's great. And I think that it's probably a really good fit for the Belasco, my favorite Broadway theater. Um, I'm excited to see what this is because I don't know the show very well. Um, I know, I know the premise, as you said, but like, I haven't seen anything or heard like specific like songs from it. So I'm very curious and I'm very excited. The uh, post standard, which is a Syracuse newspaper, the headline for the review was the musical you'll talk about for the rest of your life. So that seems encouraging. Like you, I have not heard any of the songs at least coming into today, but the cast of the show actually performed at Broadway and Bryant Park on Thursday. So they have two songs that they did. I have the videos in the show notes. They did songs Getting Ready for the Dance and Building Momentum. Our friend Kate Reinking was there, I think, listening to the um, the sound check. And they said it was absolutely fantastic. So very excited to hear more from this. And obviously, I'm coming in October. This is before this show starts performances. So Grace, does this mean I have to come earlier just in case it closes? I mean, uh, yeah, we've talked about that. You've got to come more often. Um, but I will say that you could probably watch the documentary that this show is based on yes. prior to you watching the show. That might be something for, for everybody to see by Alexandra Shiva. So check that out. It's from 2015. Yes, um, I believe it is on Max. It is, so it is on the streaming service Max, HBO Max, if you have that. So you can check that out. Um, all right, some other real quick news. Something that if you've been listening to uh, today on Broadway throughout this week, I gave you the most obvious hints on this one earlier in the week. But it was confirmed yesterday that Soleil Pfeiffer will take over the role of Eurydice in Town on Broadway. She will be obviously replacing Eva Noble Zada. Eva leaves the show on August 13th. I will be at that performance. And then Soleil will take over on Tuesday, August 15th. She will be joined by Lilius White, who is extending her run as Hermes. She will now be playing the part through February 4th. We talked earlier this week um, about the fact that Betty Who will be playing Persephone and uh, Philip Boykin will be playing Hades. So I'm really pleased with how they are casting this show because I think for a long time they've just kind of promoted from within and just relied on the name of the show and the Tony Wynn and, and maybe Eva and Reeve. But now that they are kind of circling through the cast a little bit more, bringing in some names, whether whether big names to outside people or Broadway names has me very excited. I, I don't want to get my hopes up for a continued long run for this show because rumors abound, but still excited for it uh, and, and love the fact that they've got some really great talent coming in. The last little bit of news here, Grace, comes from across the pond. We've already talked about the fact that Matt Doyle will be playing the title role of Frank Sinatra in Sinatra the Musical, which will be making its world premiere at Birmingham Rep, not Birmingham, Alabama, Birmingham over in the UK. And yesterday they announced the entire cast, which is over 20 people. But the main person in this cast that you will know is Anna Viafanye. She will be playing movie icon Ava Gardner, who, of course, had a relationship with with Frank Sinatra. Most of the rest of the cast is British-based, which you would uh, expect. But Matt and Anna, obviously, if they're thinking about bringing this over to, to, to New York, having two fairly big Broadway names at the top will help them. Um, the show is getting ready to begin performances in September over in Birmingham. Um, I think, Grace, you and I have both heard some things that Anna has been involved with and may continue to be involved with in the future, but for now, she's going to be over in the UK in Birmingham this fall and maybe potentially after that, depending on what happens with Sinatra the musical. 
All right, let's wrap up with a feel-good recommendation. And Grace, this is especially feel-good for you because it's your thing and you're in charge of it. So so uh, uh, we, we want people to, to buy tickets. But coming up on July 31st at 9.30 p.m. at Joe's Pub will be the latest edition of Sweet Meat. It is a comedy show hosted by the one and only Grace Aki. Um, what is... Uh, other than just being a great name, which, uh, but I don't know what I don't know where that comes from. What uh, you and I have talked about sweet meat before, and this is not the first time that you've done this show. But what is it? Tell us what makes this comedy show different than other things people have seen before. So sweet. I didn't know this was in the show. Okay, great. Um, so Sweet Meat is my comedy show that um, I've been doing for a while. It's like a comedy variety show. You've got stand-ups. You've got singers. Um, you've got, you know, people that do characters, improv, you name it. Um, but a lot of great people that you might never heard of. Um, if you attend a lot of comedy shows in New York, you might've seen some familiar faces, writers from the daily show, um, SNL, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, really great, great groups of people. Um, some singers that I, it's all original material too, I should say. Um, so everything that you see is not like someone's interpretation or their, you know, Patty, uh, Lapone impression or anything like, and there's, by the way, those are all very valid and I love them all. Um, yes. but everything that you see is going to be, uh, it's its own thing, um, which is both fun and terrifying. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a show called sweet meat and I call it that for no reason other than I have <laughs> sweet meat. Um, that was just, it's a Southern term that a lot of people uh, give each other when you get mosquito bites a lot more than other people. Um, so you get dubbed as sweet meat and I've just always kind of worn that as a badge of honor that I've got really sweet meat. Um, I'm looking down at six, count them six, uh, mosquito bites right now. So I know this to be true. Um, the rumors are correct. Um, so if you are interested and this is the first time I've ever, uh, performed at Joe's pub. So, um, if you also want to see me potentially fail, please come. Um, <laughs> the tickets, no, never uh, we got them. Well, I was really excited because they allowed me the opportunity to, um, reduce tickets to $20 each. Um, and if you see anything in New York city, you know, that that is not normal. Um, so yeah, please, 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 um, come it'll be a really good fun night because I want this to be a regular thing, especially at Joe's pub. If it goes successfully, um, I really want to continue to bring fun, new original, uh, comedic work, especially to New York city, um, and, and employ my friends as well. Love it. All right, everybody, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Video. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and and uh, what's that new one called? Threads at BWW Mad <laughs> I forget. Grace, um, where can people find you? You got a thread loose, Matt. Um, you can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. 